Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are radiating pizzazz, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. Okay, so I'm so excited about our guest today. She is legendary. We have been talking about having her on the podcast for a very long time now. And I wanted to tell a story about how we met because I think it's pretty interesting. When I was on SNL, I'm going to call it the mid-2010s, I would like get home and be tired from working so much and I would watch reruns of the show Blossom. And one night I was watching and I saw that it was the series finale of the actual show. And I remembered in my head that this series finale of Blossom was like pretty meta. Blossom like woke up from a dream and she was like, oh, it was a TV show the whole time and stuff like that. Okay. So I'm really excited to watch it and I watch it and it's nothing like I remember. And I start to freak out. Now keep in (laughs) mind, (laughs) since I started watching it, I had started following a lot of the cast members on social media And I'm going to call it our guest today and maybe one other cast member followed me back. But luckily, most importantly, our guest today followed me back. Just spoiler alert, our guest today is Jenna Vanoy, who played Six on Blossom. Again, so excited. So I messaged her. (laughs) I messaged Jenna, who played Six, and I said, look... (laughs) 
really big fan, you know, really excited to talk to you. Gotta ask you, I was watching the finale of Blossom and it's really different than I remember. What I just explained is how I remembered it. And I told her that and thinking that like the chances of her responding were probably not great. So then I like send her this message and I hear back almost immediately. She gave me a response. She wrote back to me and she wrote, you might be thinking of this episode that's a few episodes earlier than the finale that's actually called episode where Blossom has a dream and like I play Blossom and it's like this whole kind of meta thing. And I was like, okay, let me look that up. So of course I go, I look up the episode online or something and I watch it and I'm like, you're absolutely right, Jenna. That is what I was thinking of. So I thought, what a nice person. This is incredible. She wrote me back right away. Then I get a message from her again like two weeks later or something where she was like, oh my God, I just realized that you're Vanessa Bayer from SNL. (laughs) Like I'm a fan too. Like it's so nice to meet you. And I come to the realization that she wrote me back immediately with my Blossom question, not knowing that I was someone who was on TV as well. Now, I'm not saying that you would only respond ever to someone who is like, you know, from TV. Like, I'm not saying like celebrities only talk to celebrities or something like that. But what I am saying is that if some random person... (laughs) reached out to me and was like, hey, you were in this sketch on (laughs) SNL and like, I remember it happening differently. So like, what sketch is that? I'd be like, okay, I'm going to let this bozo go off and live their life. (laughs) Like, I just, the reason that I'm impressed that she got back to me is because I wrote her such an insane email. (laughs) Like, that's such a weird thing to like ask of her. Yeah. And she was so kind about it. So Anyways, I really was impressed when she wrote me back and she thought that I was just some... Some confused TV viewer. Yes. And I think that really... I mean, Jonah, isn't that incredible? That is incredible. Yeah, I didn't know the story until a couple days ago and I was really impressed. It's a really, truly classy move. Yes, she's such a class act. She's much more of a class act than me. Again, if someone mentioned something I was on and was confused about it, I'd be like, I don't know, look it up on the internet, you weirdo. (laughs) Yeah, bozo, I think it's a term you used. I think the term I used was bozo. Well... (laughs) Jonah, I think I'd be a bozo not to introduce our guest right now. Let's do it. Our guest today is an actress, singer, songwriter, and author of the Situation Momedy books. But I initially knew her from her iconic role as Dorothy Six Lemure in the NBC sitcom Blossom. Please welcome my friend, Jenna Von Oy. So first of all, I have to say, uh, well, aside from, of course, thank you for having me, that I remember the story slightly differently. Okay, okay. My version doesn't include the word bozo, P.S. <laughs> so I recall getting this message through social media, same as you, but I could have sworn you told me that you were on like a road trip with some girlfriends and you guys were like talking back and forth. I mean, I'm probably remembering this incorrectly, you know, but that you guys were talking and that you made a bet about how the season finale ended. And like, who am I to stop somebody from winning a bet? So I was weighing in. I could have sworn you told me that you won the bet. And I was like, well, I hope you won something good. And then, yes, two weeks later, I was like, holy crap. Oh, my God. (laughs) It just like dawned on me that it was you. And then I was like, well, I should probably write her back. It's like odd that I didn't, I don't know, acknowledge it or something. That's still so generous and nice of you (laughs) to like want this total stranger to win this bet. Now, should I look up the conversation? You know, I was going to do the same thing. Yeah, let's look. I kind of want to know. I'm going to look it up. While you're looking up, Jenna, do you get a lot of like questions like that on social media or does that not happen so much or what's it like? Not really, honestly. I feel like usually people are asking about 
like, do you still wear the hats? And I'm like, oh, I never answered that question before. You know, or do you still talk fast? (laughs) There's just, you know, like I kind of have the stock answer for that. So it's kind of intriguing to me that somebody might have made a bet about if this is actually what happened, mind you, about how it ended. Watch neither of us be right. And you look up this text <laughs> thread and it's just like this. I know. Completely- and I look this up and it's like a total. I think that's really nice. You did it because I have a lot of, you know, friends and bands and stuff. And I think people will message them on social media and be like, how do I get to the venue? Or like, what time are doors? And it's like, I don't know. Like, I'm in the performer. Like, you can find this information out from someone else. It's called Google. Right. Exactly. Wait a second. Jenna, we're both kind of right. Okay, so I must have messaged you when I was on a road trip. Okay. Because I wrote, unless I made up the road trip thing to look like less of a loser. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to read you exactly what I said. This was April 21st, 2015. Hi, Jenna. I'm a huge fan and I'm on a road trip and we're talking Blossom. (laughs) I still, even me leading with that, the fact that you didn't immediately turn your phone off. This is fascinating. Had a question for you. I remember watching the finale when it aired. Now, this is when I guess you could only send Twitter messages messages that were the length of Twitter posts. This is like so many messages in a row that are <laughs> Like short. it was only 150 characters or something. Yeah, for the messages? Yeah, probably. That's so funny. That sounds very 2015. I remember watching the finale when it aired and that Blossom woke up from a dream and everyone says that the show is not real and that you're all actors, etc. I actually watched the finale on Hub. Shout out to the Hub Network. <laughs> and that didn't happen. But did you guys do that in a different episode or did you just add it to the end of the original broadcast or something. Sorry, I promise I'm not insane. (laughs) I'm just on a very long car ride and love Blossom very much. Take care, Vanessa. Okay, so then you wrote LOL. Literally, Jenna, I sent this to you at 8.26 in the morning. (laughs) Well, I guess I started writing it at 8.21 in the morning. That's probably... And at 8.28, you wrote me back. Let me just say before it sounds like I probably was bored off my ass, first of all, because I had my second child, you know, the year before. Right, right. You probably had your phone. Yeah. I mean, I was probably just like thankful somebody wanted to talk to me that was an adult. Okay, okay. You know? Sure, That makes total sense. That yeah. makes total sense. Yeah. So you wrote, LOL, that wasn't part of the finale. We did an episode called, quote, sitcom. That sounds similar to that, though. And I wrote, thank you so much. All is as it should be in the world now. And you wrote back a smiley face. That was on April 21st. <laughs> then on May 27th, you wrote, So, after answering your Blossom question last month, I just finally put two and two together about who you are. Apparently, my baby brain is still kicking my ass. And you had to write still kicking my ass in a different message because Twitter, again, was limiting how many characters could be in each message. (laughs) And then I wrote, haha, no worries. I was just so excited you got back to me so quickly. You wrote such a sweet response. You like really made me feel not like... a lunatic. You wrote, I'm tickled you're a Blossom fan. Then again, what's not to love about those amazing hats we wore and the overuse of the word whoa. Consider me your personal Blossom trivia guru from now on. And I wrote, this is the greatest gift you could ever give me. And then we just basically go on to become the best of friends. So over social media, and then we actually did meet in person, which we'll get to. But that's incredible. We've now solved the mystery. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Of what happened on that day. And you're right. We were both kind of remembering it correctly in our own warped little way. Yeah. I still don't know if I made up the road trip thing. I'm like, what road trip was that? Yeah, I don't remember you going on a road trip, but I wonder maybe you're just going a couple hours or something. Yeah. 
again, could have been something. I could see you make it being like, how can I intro? We're on a road trip talking Blossom. Like that sounds, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, which of my friends was I talking Blossom with that like I remember? I mean, I have a lot of friends that are into it, but none of my friends that I would go on road trips with, I think would be knowledgeable enough to keep up with me. Maybe you thought it would sound cooler than like, I'm sitting by myself watching Blossom. That's definitely right. like, what I It think. sounds like I have friends, you know, yeah. other people like being around me. It was the icebreaker. Yes. We've talked about this on John Early's podcast. Jonah, we were both at Bonnaroo or something. Is that in Nashville? It's in Tennessee. Yeah. 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 And you had said, Jenna, if you're ever in Nashville, please let me know. And I'm in Nashville. And so then I went and got a drink with you after I was done performing at Bonnaroo. And then you dropped me off at John Early's house. Yep. And that was so fun. And then we stayed in touch. Yeah. And then Jenna, you came to New York. We did an event at the Bell House called Series Finale, where we watched the final episode of Blossom which was like really hard for us to find. Yeah. It was like very complicated, but we showed it on a projector, which probably was illegal. I think we had to show an illegal version. It was like- It was like a bootleg version, I think. There's no like DVDs. Yeah, we thought it'd be so easy to do it. We're like, oh, we'll get the DVD or something. It was like so hard to find this one episode for some reason. It doesn't exist. There isn't a DVD. You'd almost have to like tape it off your TV. And I remember like you tried to get it for, like nobody could get it. No one could find it. Yeah, it was hard to track down. I do vaguely remember that. Yeah. yeah. But we did it. You did it. We did it. We did it. We viewed it. And then we interviewed you. And I brought the hat. You brought the hat. Okay. This was incredible. We did like a panel with Kyle Mooney and you. And was there anyone else on the panel? If there's someone that I'm forgetting, I'm... We did have Laura Stevenson play the theme song. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Laura Stevenson played the theme song. She played a version of the theme song that was it so was fun. So cool. <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> it was like this really almost eerie acoustic version. <laughs> yeah. It was great. It was so good. And then, yeah, you brought the hat that you wore in the opening credits and you put it on my head and let me wear it. And I think I wore it for most of the like panel that we did. And the other thing you brought me, which we should put... Was a doll or something? There it is. Oh my God, you have it. You brought me this... You still have it. Of course I have it. This Blossom 6 doll. And you wrote, Vanessa, because I couldn't resist indulging your inner 13-year-old, which was so sweet. And look at, I still have it wrapped in the bow you put it in. That is so funny. For our listeners, this is a Tycho Blossom doll. And it says, from the hit TV series Blossom, and it has six, in quotes, Lemure, ages three and up. I mean, and then <laughs> just a glamorous shot of you on the back. Wow. What's amazing is that the doll has, you know, I had this like David Letterman sized gap in between my two front teeth back then. That has kind of started to come back. It's a little weird, but it's on the doll. It is on the doll. It's so subtle on the doll. You can't see it on my computer screen, but it's so subtle, but it does have it. Yeah. This could be a really valuable doll. I watch a lot of the TV show lately, Pawn Stars. People come in, they're like, I got this thing. This could be worth, like, they have a toy expert. This could be worth thousands of dollars. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go with probably not, but <laughs> you never know. I cherish this so much, Jenna. It's so <laughs> incredible. I won't take it out of the box. Especially because the box does a really great job of displaying not only the doll, but the extra clothing and accessories. Well, but to be fair, what would you really take it out of the box for anyway? <laughs> right, you right, know, right, right, like th- right. That's, I feel like that's... As an adult, what do I... I guess I don't play with dolls, so... Well, I mean, it did say ages three and up. I mean, very I up. fall into that category. Yeah. Right, yeah. Jenna, do you have, like, how many dolls do you have of yourself? Like, do you have a couple <laughs> extras? Or what's, like, the situation like? You know, that's a good question. Because they're in the recesses of my attic somewhere. Right. Yeah. Collecting dust bunnies. I know that I at least have one 
because I remember that a couple of years ago it came up in conversation and my daughter was like, whoa, 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 wait, Uh, (laughs) hold hold on time out. Like when you say a doll of you, what exactly are we talking here? And I was like, well, let me show you. And she was like, nope, mm -mm, nope, cannot do this. So, yeah. Incredible. That's incredible. Do they think it's cool or is it hard for them to, what do they think about it? I don't know, actually. It's kind of hard to assess how they really feel about it. You know, they're 10 and 7. Okay. So, I think the 7-year-old thinks it's cool because she's very like, look at me. And so, it's just like really interesting to her that that's part of my past. And the 10-year-old is super dry and sarcastic. And she's like, oh yeah, I can totally see that that was meant to be a joke right there. And I'm like, oh, thanks. I, yeah, I, you know, I used to do that for a living. And she's like, yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> she's kind of more subtle about it. I think they think it's cool, but confusing because it's never really been a part of our life together as much. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was just so long ago. Have they seen the show at all? I want to say that I let watch. I don't remember if it was both of them or just my older daughter let her watch one episode of it just so that she would know what we were talking about. Like she asked, you know, I'm not big on like talking about it. It's not a part of our everyday life, but it's also something that I'm proud of. And, you know, I love that I had the opportunity to do that. So I don't want to ignore it or pretend like it's something I'm ashamed of to her either. So, but I just also don't want to make a big deal out of it because it doesn't, I don't want her to feel like that defines us in any way or makes us like better than in some way, you know? Right, right, right. So it was really more like we were talking about it and I, I let her see it and it was kind of hilarious for her to see me at her age or close to her age. Right, right, right. So I think that was the most fascinating part to her. Not so much the fact that it was a show because the show doesn't mean anything to her. I mean, if she just kind of gives it a minute, she's going to be laughing pretty hard. (laughs) Vanessa, I have a question for you really quick. What is The Hub? That's a channel? The Hub Network was like, when I was in New York, it was just like one of those channels on my cable that played syndicated shows. Okay, got it. So Yeah, I think it was short-lived. Yeah, I think it was short-lived and maybe with Hub went that finale episode that we couldn't find. Maybe so. For our show. But yeah, that's what the Hub Network was. And that show really holds up. I would just watch it every night. I mean, I watched it when it was first on the air as well when I was younger. But like, it was so fun to rewatch it and just see everyone be so genuinely funny and have such great timing. It was just just like a such a great like ensemble. And you guys were all so funny. Thank you. It was really cool. You know, we got together most of us got together not that long ago because we did an episode of Call Me Cat. We did the season premiere. Oh my God, gotta watch that. Gotta watch that. It was so fun. And it's amazing how like the chemistry is so impeccable that the second we were all back together, it was exactly as if Ugh. we had just beamed ourselves back to, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah. It was bizarre and very cool. But I want to say that Blossom is still on Hulu or something. I bet now that there's better streaming stuff than there was even in 2015, we could find it in a more... Yeah. But it was just at the time, like, I think in 2015, Netflix was still pretty much like renting DVDs, right? Like it wasn't, there wasn't like the streaming stuff, really. Right. Yeah. And Jenna, it's just like such a great show to discuss on a road trip too, you know? (laughs) (laughs) If said road trip took place. On a hypothetical road trip. Yes, exactly. It's somewhat debatable, (laughs) I think, but... (laughs) Well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Jenna Vanoy. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm J.B. Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. And we are back. So Jonah, I noticed that we have in our notes here that Jenna, you were on an episode of Saved by the Bell, the college years. <laughs> yeah. Claim to fame right there. Well, that comes up on this podcast all the time for some reason. It does. Really? That show and specifically the college years. And so I saw that on your resume. I was curious. It was a Thanksgiving episode. Is that correct or something? Yeah, I played myself in the Thanksgiving episode. It's so random. And I sort of only vaguely remember it at this point. Um, but that show filmed on our same studio lot at Sunset Gower. I feel like I lived at Sunset Gower for many, many years because I filmed Blossom there. And then I also filmed the Parkers there years later. Yes. Yeah. Some weird twist of fate, but the college years also filmed on that lot. So did Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and the Golden Girls and all kinds of 
just iconic yes. shows, which is really cool. They asked me if I would just do this little cameo appearance. And so I'm like sitting at the Thanksgiving table with everyone eating. And Blossom was on at the same time as the college years? I guess it must have been it for that have to been. have worked out. Maybe it was... I really don't recall the college years all that well. Of course, I remember the main Saved by the Bell, who doesn't, but college years for some reason sort of falls into that oblivion for me. I'm not really sure when it was on. Yeah, we're not really that shocked that you don't remember the college years as well as regular <laughs> Saved by the Bell. I don't think it made quite as big of a splash as the original. <laughs> but apparently comes up all the time on the show. So, yeah. yeah. Wait, so, Jenna, yeah. you were playing six on Saved by the Bell or you were playing Jenna? I was playing Jenna. Okay. 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 Yeah, it's like Screech goes, oh my God, it's Jenna Von Away or something like that. I don't, I don't remember. It sounds like you don't like remember the day. Like you've done so much that it feels like this is one of many things you've done, obviously. But do you remember being big fans of like the Saved by the Bell cast? Was the Saved by the Bell cast like, we love the Blossom cast? Was there like a... We were all the same age. And so we all knew each other. I mean, I knew Tiffany and Mark Paul and Mario. Mark Paul and I did two back-to-back movies of the week together and that kind of thing. So like I knew all those guys, you know? Yeah. The only show that I really remember having that sort of interesting mutual admiration society kind of thing with was Seinfeld actually. Where if I'm remembering this correctly, the story went that there was some episode where someone mentions something about they're at NBC and they say something about, oh, there must be trouble on the Blossom set. So the following episode that we filmed, we mentioned something about there being trouble on the Seinfeld set. And it was kind of like this inside joke back and forth thing. But that's the only show that I recall there being any kind of thing like that about. That's really cool, though. What a fun thing to be in that with them. Because yeah, that's such a great show, too. Yeah. The question has been asked of me multiple times throughout my career. What was sort of the defining moment where you felt like you were on the map? Mm -hmm. And I always say the night that they did a Blossom skit on SNL. That's when I knew. I was like, holy crap, I've made it. Oh my, Isn't that funny? So great. Who played you? Uh, Sarah Gilbert. Oh my God, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Who was Blossom? This sounds familiar, but I'm... I don't remember. I want to say like yeah. Kevin Nealon was Joey or something. Or <laughs> okay, somebody okay. was Joey. I don't remember. I don't, I don't remember who it was. It was funny. I have one Joey question before we move on, which we don't have to move on. My one Joey question is, Do you remember like kind of leading into because the other episode that I remember having kind of a meta ending to it. Are you going to bring up the video? (laughs) You're going to bring up the nothing my love can't fix video, aren't you, Vanessa? 100%. (laughs) I knew that's where you were going. (laughs) I saw that coming a mile away. What is your memory? Because also like I watch General Hospital now. I talk about this a lot on the podcast. And there's this one kid on it. He's probably like 16 or 17. And in one episode, they like have him play guitar and he sings a song and you can tell it's like his reps like got him. They were like, he'll do the season, but you have to let him like debut his single on (laughs) on General Hospital, which General Hospital will like their product placement. I mean, they will let you do anything like you can get it. But just the way that the the nothing my love can't fix for you. Jonah, do you remember this? I vaguely do remember. The way that it came on was so weird. How did it come on? It wasn't just like a premiere at the end of the episode or they segued it. They segued. Okay. Was there a segue really though? Did you <laughs> fall asleep? I have so many memories, but I might be making them up and turning one episode into a bunch of episodes. I thought he like falls asleep on the couch. Again, I'm putting too many falling asleep on the couch episodes more than there actually are on Blossom. But I thought he falls asleep on the couch 
and he dreams of the music video, which doesn't it take place on a playground and everyone's in rollerblades? It's like the most 90s thing in the world. Yeah, that sounds super familiar. Yeah, I think that could have happened. It sounds good. Yeah. And so it goes into the music video and it was sort of like when you were watching that, because I remember vaguely watching it like when it was first on and them being like, stay tuned for like the premiere of Joey Lawrence's like, and by the way, Joey Lawrence has never followed me back on social media and I don't care, you guys. <laughs> but so it's, it's like, <laughs> stay tuned for Joey's premiere of his new song. And it's so weird to go from like Joey on the show, who's like kind of, you know, he says, whoa, and he's like sort of to like this, like kind of like suave Joey on the playground with all these girls rollerblading. It doesn't sound suave from the description of being on the playground rollerblading, <laughs> but he's like being a cool guy. Yeah. And I think those were the days of his long flowing hair. And, yes. You yes. know, his sort of like Ricky Martin-esque moves. And yes. Yeah. I don't remember, or maybe I never knew exactly how that came about. Yeah. In terms of getting it on the show, I would imagine it was some sort of back alley handshake on like, <laughs> let's get this video in there. But also like those were the days of our audience being 100% young women who would throw everything from bras and underwear to I'm pretty sure like condoms landed at Joey's feet at one point. So oh my God. Yeah. You know, they would, they would do the introduction of all of us at the beginning of the show. And right. Cause you're in front of a live audience. We would have to wait for the screaming to die down. Wow. Yeah. It was, it was really kind of amazing. Wow. So I also think it probably behooved them to go ahead and just tack that video onto the end. Play that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Vanessa, if Joey Lawrence did hypothetically follow you back on Twitter, do you think you would have sent him kind of a long meandering message <laughs> asking him how they got into the video? Being like, I can't remember. Did you fall asleep? I'm on a road trip, but did yeah. you fall asleep in this episode? He might have made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, <laughs> to close a loophole here, which maybe one listener who also watches General Hospital might want me to bring up, feel I must bring up. Again, I watched General Hospital and there's this woman, I'm blanking on what her name is on the show, but her real name is Finola Hughes. I Hughes. Mm -hmm. And she played Blossom's dad. What's his name? On the show? Nick. She played Blossom's dad's girlfriend. At the end of the series, they're going to like move in together. And like, so basically like the last two seasons, Finola Hughes is like on Blossom as like sort of Blossom's like not stepmom yet, but like her dad's girlfriend. And Finola Hughes is currently on General Hospital. And so I always thought like when I was watch General Hospital, I'd be like, oh, she like finished Blossom and then she started doing General Hospital. But the truth is, she's one of those actors who was like on General Hospital, like in like the 80s and like the 70s. Like she's like been on General Hospital forever. So my mind was blown when I realized like she must have like taken a hiatus from General Hospital to do Blossom. It probably more details than that, but like she probably has <laughs> done other stuff too. But but I was like, oh my God, she's on Blossom and General Hospital. Probably only interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa, I have to say something else too. I was at work today. And someone I work with was like, oh, my husband heard your sister on a podcast. I was like, oh, that's cool. She's like, yeah, she was talking about General Hospital. 
<laughs> I feel like you talk about General Hospital so much. I was on that podcast, Love It or Leave It, and I had to vent about something. Okay, yes, that's it. And I vented about Colonel Sanders showing up on General Hospital. That's probably what they were talking about. But That is what they were talking about. Anyways, thank you for indulging us and asking you all these questions. You know, it's so nice of you. And you know that every time I see you, whether it be on the podcast, just hanging out as friends, I'll continue to ask you questions. <laughs> <laughs> and as you know, I will continue to answer them. Thank you so much, Jenna. <laughs> now, Jenna, your topic today that we were very excited to talk about was hair crimping. Very nostalgic, wonderful topic. I have two questions just to get us started. One is, what made you want to talk about hair crimping? And the second is, do you know how hair crimping started? Because I just researched it and found out and I was very surprised. So, okay, answer to the first question. I think I am most fascinated with hair crimping because I not only thought it was great in the 80s and 90s, but I also had this temporary bout of insanity <laughs> when I was on the Parkers and thought it was a good idea to do it all over again. <laughs> if you go back and look at those episodes, I actually have crimped hair in, in many of them, <laughs> which I just am not entirely sure what I was thinking, but that's okay. <laughs> I read this article the other day that was from a couple of years ago saying that hair crimping was back and better than ever and bigger than ever. And I was like, how does this happen? I'm, and I know everything comes back. Comes back. Right. I, I understand it's cyclical and, and all of that from a scientific standpoint and how our society works. I get that. But my real question is like, why are we doing this to ourselves? And then I realized as my daughters are going to bed at night, sometimes they're like, oh, hey, can you braid my hair so that it's wavy tomorrow? And they feel fancy. They think fancy? Yes. And I think even if it looks crazy, even if it's they wake up in the morning and their hair is completely askew and one side goes this direction, one side goes this direction, it's got waves in it, ergo, they feel fancy. I wonder if maybe having been born with just stick straight hair yes. and always feeling like the grass was greener and trying to get a perm and oh my God, that's a whole, that's like a 30 minute conversation in and of itself because my hair is super heavy and thick. And when I was a kid, I tried to get a perm and that was really, <laughs> that was not the right move and it didn't take. And so this brilliant, brilliant woman at some podunk haircut place in my small town in Connecticut decided it was wise to go ahead and do it again <gasps> within like 24 hours. Whoa. Yeah. Which I now know is just not the right move, but I did not know that then. And I was little, I was probably 10. So I went and had her do it again. And it really destroyed my hair. And so for months after that, I had to put, and this is where I am about to throw up a little, <laughs> I had to put mayonnaise all over my hair. This is what was told to my mom to do, to put mayonnaise on my hair and heat it and put like a shower cap on it and heat it and let this hot mayonnaise soak into my hair to put moisture back in from the permanent. Wow. That's incredible. I got to tell you, I don't know if you've seen 90 Day Fiance the other way, but there's this guy, Big Ed, or maybe it's not the other way, but either way, there's this guy, Big Ed, and he puts mayonnaise in his hair all the time as like a treatment. And it seems like he was maybe onto something. I think everyone acts like it's crazy. He has this really like greasy kind of hair, but I don't know that I need it. That's probably not the right response from what you're like. You know, punks used to put egg whites in their hair for their mohawks because that would help them kind of stay. Does it stick? Oh. Yeah, that's interesting. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me just say hot mayonnaise though. If, you've <laughs> yeah. if you ever have occasion, and I hope you don't for your own sake, 
have occasion to smell hot mayonnaise. Oh, it's the most appalling, putrid smell. I don't advise it to anyone. Like turned me off from mayonnaise for a really long time. I bet. Yeah. How frequently are we putting the hot mayo in our hair and for how many weeks? I don't remember how long that was. Yeah. Since, you know, this was Tried to block it decades out. ago. Okay. We won't go into just how many decades ago. <laughs> so because I couldn't have the perm, I resorted, going back to the crimping thing, I resorted to once the mayonnaise had done it, the trick and my hair was back to normal and yeah, went to crimping and like braiding my hair or using a hot iron and crimping it. Yeah. But because I have so much hair, it would take hours upon hours. So usually I resorted to the braids. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Well, let me just say as someone who's always had curly hair, crimping, not for curly haired girls. Yeah. It's a real shame because when you have curly hair and you try and crimp it, it just looks like something's wrong with the curls, kind of. And I remember crimping my hair because my friends would crimp their like beautiful straight hair. And it's the thing where like when you have curly hair, you just want straight hair. Like and when you have straight hair, you want curly hair. But I remember one year for my birthday, I really wanted this crimper that made like hearts and stars in your hair or something. Oh my God, I remember that. There were crimpers that made like certain shapes in your hair. That was such a trend. And let me just tell you that if you think a regular crimper didn't work in my hair, a crimper that made hearts and stars absolutely did not work in my hair. Like it just, (laughs) it didn't do anything. It just looked like it was just moving my curls around. But I remember just being so fascinated by when it worked on people, like which it mostly, you know, if they had straight hair, it did. And if they had curly hair, it didn't. Just like that. And then like the shapes in people's hair. Yeah, I had totally forgotten about the shapes. When I picture myself as a kid with crimped hair, I picture myself in this, I did this Kool-Aid commercial and I was sitting on the front steps talking about Kool-Aid. Okay, I got to ask you more about this. But go ahead. <laughs> I wish I could find a copy of this and send it to you because it's amazing. And in the commercial, if I recall, I'm wearing like fingerless gloves and neon scrunchies. And I mean, it, I was 80s to the max. All the things, all the things, the leg warmers and the everything. And my hair was just crimped and it was probably out to here. I had this massive, massive thing of hair. And did you just love it? Yeah. I just remember thinking, how many days can I get away with not washing this out? And the the answer was like none. Because they had also used a full can of Aquanet in it to to keep it in there. Yeah, That's incredible. Now, I used to have dreams that I was in this fun house that the Kool-Aid man made. <laughs> Jonas heard me talk about this before. And I always was like, yeah, the Kool-Aid man's fun house. <laughs> like I referenced it to Jonah. And so this is something I've, you know, made up. But it's sort of like the finale of Blossom. I've kind of changed it in my mind. But what I found, it's based on there's a Kool-Aid mega mall or like a... Yeah, we've looked this up before. The Kool-Aid man has like a fun, wacky mall. It's not a fun house. Like I thought it was more like Pee-wee's Playhouse. Like he has like a... It's the wacky warehouse. Is it the wacky warehouse mall, Jonah? Yes, wacky warehouse mall. Wacky warehouse mall. And to me, it's like still like I would have dreams about like getting to go to this wacky warehouse mall again. In my dreams, it was a fun house. Did you get to go to the wacky warehouse mall? I didn't even this today years old when I found out about this place, (laughs) this amazing place that you speak of. No, I I didn't know this existed. Well, to be fair, both of us work in showbiz and it probably doesn't exist. It's probably just a set, but it really (laughs) 
I thought it was so incredible. Do you remember the setting that your Kool-Aid commercial took place? Like sometimes I feel like they would be on someone's lawn. There always had to be a building that the Kool-Aid man could walk through, right? I truthfully don't think the Kool-Aid man was in... What? (laughs) In this commercial. So I feel like I'm about to let you down in in a big way. And I hate that. Jenny, you could never let me down. I was on a front porch in it with a bunch of kids. I bet the Kool-Aid man walked through, but they probably just didn't want the kids around for safety reasons because he probably walks through a real house. Could be a liability. Yeah, he definitely yeah. walks through a real brick wall. Yeah. Okay, wait, let's see. Vanessa, that looks terrifying. That was where you wanted to hang out? I know. It doesn't look as... I just remember it like not looking so scary. And in, in my dreams, it's more fun. <laughs> it's more... It's not such a big space. Like in my dreams, it's not like a mall. It's like the size of Pee-wee's Playhouse kind of thing where I think also most of my like dreams like that I'm like having the best time there's food involved so like I think also it had like incredible snacks in there sure that like also obviously it has Kool-Aid but it's like that's not what I'm talking about I totally feel you on that my <laughs> dreams also revolve around food yeah Jenna I had a question for you also through our research we learned that you were in a members only commercial is that true yes it is so I did find this <gasps> wonderful picture from the commercial that I just have to show you. This is me and Lou Pinella from when he was managing the Yankees. Oh my oh my God. And that's who I was in the commercial with. And he's wearing a members only jacket. Oh my God. <laughs> so this is like a baseball themed commercial. It was like all of these sports guys. There was like a couple of different guys in it from various, you know, there was a basketball player in it and they had good old Lou. <laughs> Sounds like you did a lot of commercials. I mean, I did so So, so many, like well over a hundred leading up to getting Blossom. Wow. And then was Blossom your first big regular TV job after the commercials? It was the first series. I had done guest spot. Like I guess you had done specials, right? And oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no. I had done specials. You're right. And then I'd also like guested on Kate and Allie. Remember that show? from? Oh, Oh, yeah. I love Kate and Allie. So things like that. But this was the first time that I had done a pilot. Do you have a favorite commercial that you did? Yes, it's also the most embarrassing of them, (laughs) which stands to reason, I guess, that that would be my favorite one. It was a Northern bathroom tissue commercial. I actually used to get recognized for it. (gasps) That's how much it aired. And I was probably nine, eight, nine years old. And I'm on a bike and I'm riding to the store, this tiny little general store to pick up toilet paper for my mom, like as if she sent me to the store on my bike by myself, clearly not this day and age, sent me to the store to get this toilet paper. And I go and I pick out the Northern bathroom tissue and and I take it off the shelf. And then you see me riding home and I've stuffed the toilet paper down my sweatpants so that the ride won't be so bumpy on the way home. (laughs) What a smart campaign. It was special. (laughs) <laughs> I'm speechless. <I> guess. <laughs> that's, that's probably the right response after I told you that my favorite commercial was for Northern Bathroom. So, Jen, would people be like, you look really familiar? And then you'd have to be like, oh, it's a toilet paper commercial? Or would they just be like... I actually had a good dozen people throughout my childhood come up to me and be like, oh my God, you're the Northern Bathroom Tissue Girl. <gasps> which is, of course, what I wanted to be known for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness you got blossom or else. Yeah. Kind right, of take exactly. people off the toilet paper and then. Right. From toilet paper to fast talking. Do people ask you about the fast talking a lot? Yes. All the time. And have you ever met the little race car guy? John Mashita. Yes. 
<laughs> the little race car guy. That sounds so terrible. <laughs> That's not, I'm so sorry I worded it like that. We, <laughs> not only have we talked about him on this podcast, but to just show you how much we like him, we think he has a lot of qualities in common with our dad. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't mean that the guy is little. I meant the race cars are little. You meant the micro machine. <laughs> the micro machine. Right. The micro machines guy. Yeah, the guy's a normal size. It does sound a little patronizing. Yeah. Like, oh, you're the little race car guy. It's like, <laughs> sorry, guys. Again, we love him and we think he's a lot like our dad, but you have met him. I have. Yeah, we actually used to do a lot of work with like the Starlight Foundation and St. Jude and stuff like that. And I don't remember which one of those it was, but it, for one of them, he and I hosted a live auction together and they had us doing all the fast talking together. Oh my God. What I would have given to be at that event. <laughs> That's incredible. It just seems like you're both very skilled at that. It's incredible that you can do that. And you're also such an incredible actor and you have such great comic timing. I only know that about him. That's the only skill I know of his, but impressive, you know, if that's his main performing skill. What I'm saying is, Jenna, it's just... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he definitely had a hell of a career with that. So yes, it's very impressive. I cannot talk nearly as fast as he can. I, I will say state that for the record. You can do so much other stuff though, too. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying. <laughs> because he's a little race car guy. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Well, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> and we'll be right back with Jenna Van Oy. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Today, I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smoove, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. 
We are back with Jenna Von Oy. Now, here's one detail about crimping that I meant to mention that I left out, which is the way that crimping started. It was in 1972 and it was invented by Jerry Cusenza, the original founder of the Sebastian hair care line, which who doesn't love Sebastian? And he created a crimper for Barbara Streisand's hair. Really? So Barbara Streisand was the original like person to wear crimped hair. And I looked this up and it's like she does have crimped hair a lot. She's the original crimping diva. Isn't that wild that it's Barbara Streisand? Because like when I think of Barbara Streisand, I think of more of a like tousled wave or something. I don't think of a crimp. Yeah. But yeah, the founder of Sebastian created crimping for her hair and started just crimping. He was just crimping like the top layers of it, kind of. I looked at photos of it. Wow. I guess while you take that in, I'm going to (laughs) introduce... Our next segment, and this is always a fun segment to do, it's called Legit Moan or Unnecessary Groan. Legit Moan. Unnecessary Groan. This was inspired by a now defunct column in our local newspaper growing up, the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And it's this segment called Monday Moaning, where every Monday they would print these kind of petty complaints from readers in the newspaper. And <laughs> they discontinued this column 10 years ago, but I've gone back and actually found an archive of them. Yes. And so we thought we could share them with you and then we'll read them and then we can debate and decide whether we think this is a legit moan, like a legitimate complaint or an unnecessary groan. Like, okay, like this is a little unnecessary. Does that make sense? Yes, I love it. Okay, great. Well, I can kick us off. Okay, great. This first one's from Cleveland. This is a short one. And just keep in mind, this was printed in an actual newspaper, (laughs) you know, obviously pre-Twitter, pre-social media. So this is what they printed. Why can't they limit the number of times the same commercial can be shown, say, to about 500 times? Right now, they come on about a thousand times. That's a complaint. <laughs> I mean... This person is saying we should limit the amount of times a commercial can be shown, I guess, essentially. Just in general? Just in general, <laughs> yes. <laughs> 500 is okay, but a thousand is too much. Womp womp. <laughs> Vanessa, what say you? First of all, (laughs) if you're old enough to read The Plain Dealer, you should be old enough to know the amount of times you've seen a commercial isn't the amount of times (laughs) it's shown. Right. And also, like, it's such a random number to throw out there to be like, (laughs) you should be allowed to show it 500 times, but not a thousand times. First of all, I promise this person it's shown more than a thousand times, but that's because it's shown (laughs) on a lot of different networks and a lot of different shows. Like when you're sleeping, the commercial's probably playing, right? And also, like, the TV network doesn't just go like, let's play the commercial 500 times. <laughs> the whole thing behind commercials are there's a business behind them where the more they're shown, the more money, like, the network gets. It's a whole, you know... Again, you would think someone who's old enough to read The Plain Dealer and to write a complaint and send it to The Plain Dealer would know that... I mean, everything about this, I think, is very ludicrous, if I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. This person sounds like they don't... They're from Cleveland, by the way. They just signed to Cleveland. I think they're unclear on how advertising works. Yes. And if they had these kinds of limits... <laughs> Like, that's just not the way it would like be like, okay, this company's advertised too much. We're not going to take their money anymore. I don't think that really happens. Right. I know. Jenna, what do you think? I'm going to go with that person was really excited when the fast forward button was developed. Yes. 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 But, you know, it's weird to even think about something like that now. Yeah. Because you look back and you're like, oh, yeah, we couldn't fast forward through those commercials. Right. Yeah. We either had to go take a bathroom break or go to the fridge to get a drink or whatever and come back and hopefully we had made it through the however many commercials aired. All of that said, 
far more commercials air now than aired back then. Yes. I mean, yes. we were lucky then. Yes. And when you're streaming something, it's like the same commercials over and over, too. I mean, this person is probably still upset, like having the same complaint. Yeah. And look, I hope by now this person understands a little bit more about how commercials work and the business of advertising, as you called it, Jonah. I've only been in maybe three commercials, but I find this insulting as an actor who's been... This this is my bread and butter. You know what I mean? Like, we're actors. Like, I've had commercials get extended and then I get paid more money. Like, if it were up to this guy, he'd be like, no, you can't extend, like, how long you play because it's played 500 times. Oh, my gosh. I love it. So I'd call this an unnecessary groan. I don't know about you guys. I would, too. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. Okay. I third that unnecessary, unnecessary groan. groan. Here comes the next one. Here we go again. More reasons why coffee is going up along with electricity and gas. Next will be milk again or eggs or something. Who believes all this? Not me. It's just greed. One gets a little more so the next guy thinks he should get more. Stop buying coffee for a week or two and I bet it will come down. A couple of years from now, maybe you will pay $4 for a loaf of bread or eggs. Wait and see. (laughs) This is from someone who lives in Cleveland in 2011. Now, my first complaint about this one, I want to ask you guys what you think of it. But my first complaint is you got to clarify what you're talking about. (laughs) You can't just start going. Here we go again. More reasons why coffee is going up along with electricity and gas. You mean the price is going up? Like, just say price somewhere in here. He does not say price anywhere until the second half of this long complaint. He says, stop buying coffee for a week or two. And I bet it will come down again. The price will come down. Let's just be a little specific. And then the final sentence, he says, a couple of years from now, maybe you will pay Four dollars. That's the first time the term pay is used. I need this person to completely restructure this. I also think it's an insane that this person's like, <laughs> the price of one thing's going up, and that's making the price of- ever heard of inflation, you weirdo? <laughs> okay, Jenna, what do you think? <laughs> like, as you were reading that, I had all of these images going through my head of everybody buying all of the bread and toilet paper off of the shelves two years ago. And of course, like it really is kind of similar right, to what they're right, saying. Right. And, you know, and now we're back to relative normal and, and the price of toilet paper is back down and all of that good stuff. But I don't know. I, I mean, this guy is, yeah, a little clarification goes a long way. We'll start with that. And then secondly, I just think if that person probably is young, is my guess, because they haven't spent enough time on the planet seeing prices (laughs) go up to really kind of understand that that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. I mean, reading this in 2022 and hearing this person say, a couple years from now, maybe you will pay $4 for a loaf of bread or eggs. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that you probably will. And your point is... (laughs) Yeah. Everything will probably cost more. That's how it works. Jonah, what do you think? This reminds me of another one of these we read recently, the part where this person says, stop buying coffee for a week or two, I bet it will come down. I think this reminds me of we recently did an episode where someone was doing something to the leaks at the grocery store at Heinen's and that person was like, oh, that's why vegetables are so expensive. Right, like, right. This person's like, too many people are buying coffee. It's expensive. If we just stop buying it, the coffee industry is going to be like, okay, like the market has spoken. I don't think they understand how all of these things are sort of related 
they're not just kind of occurring independently in a vacuum. These amateur economists writing into the plane <laughs> dealer <laughs> telling us yes. how it works. Like he sounds like he thinks like the milk industry is like electricity is like, well, they're charging more. So then like the coffee industry is like, well, we can charge more. Like they're all like in these meetings or something. It's confusing. I was going to say, have you ever read the book, If You Give a Mouse a Cookie? Yes. And it's like, if you give a mouse a cookie, he'll want milk. And if he wants milk, he'll want... And it just like goes on and on and on. And at the end, you're talking about socks when you started out at a cookie. And you're like, this is so disjointed. How did we get here? Yeah, It's kind of like that. Like the price of... What is the price of coffee? You know, what does it have to do with the price of tea in China? Well, I would say that that book is for really young kids and it makes a lot more sense than this (laughs) post. (laughs) Yeah. And I would also say, you know, you're writing into a newspaper. They have like a business section. Maybe let's flip back and check that (laughs) out. (laughs) So I think we're all calling this an unnecessary groan. Is that fair? Yes. I would concur. Yes, that's fair. Unnecessary. Unnecessary Before I can even consider this, this person needs to really rewrite this and clarify. Yes. This last one is from No City. They don't say where they're from. This one's another short but sweet one. Um, Every time we make a donation to any charitable organization, we get tons and tons of mail from other people. I believe they're selling our information. So I regret we will not make any more donations to any charitable organizations because of that. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, really? Really? Yeah, I mean, this is such a bizarre one because you're just taking this out on charities. (laughs) That's one way to spin your decision (laughs) to not contribute anymore. This also kind of sounds like something our dad would do. Don't you think, Vanessa, don't you think a little bit? 100%. I mean, I'm sure they give lots of money to charity, but I can see him being very annoyed, like the same way, like by solicitors or something. <laughs> by the way, the other day, dad was like, you guys kind of make me have to be cheap sometimes on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> don't let him listen to this one. <laughs> I think they give plenty of money to charity. I'm just saying like the... The logic, making that connection and getting kind of mad at the... Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was submitted in November 2011, this complaint. And, you know, this person had a real wide awakening coming once the internet, because get ready for your information to be sold everywhere. Like, this is the least of this person's problems. Uh, right. uh, yeah. This person's probably like, I'm never checking email again because I got spam. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, okay, I regret to inform you. Like, okay. And, and, like- and also, another thing <laughs> where a little bit more clarity and specificity would have helped me because this person says, anytime I make a donation to any charitable organization, we get tons and tons of mail from other people. Now, are they <laughs> trying to say, instead of other people, do they mean other charitable organizations? Because otherwise, I don't think charitable organizations are just like, they get your information. They're like, let's look some people up in the phone book and give them their information. Like, (laughs) it's weird that just random people start sending you mail. How would you make? I think what this person is saying is like, when we give to one charity, we start getting mail from other charities. Yes. Which happens. That's totally true. That totally does happen. Yeah. Again, specify. Don't say we start getting tons of mail from other people because that seems like you're just like... It's really unfortunate when you start editing people's <laughs> people's complaints. Complaints. Yeah. What do you think, Jenna? Do you think this person has <laughs> Do you think this person has given to charity in the last 10 years or do you think they're just no. they really are just No, done? I don't. Okay. I think they've thrown their the computer out the window. They still have a flip phone. Yeah. And I don't know, I think this is another groan. Unnecessary. Yeah. But I also groan. respect the fact that there are people that have a really hard time with change and as we moved 
toward which 2011 would have really kind of fallen in this time. I think as we moved toward the future, bigger picture of Facebook and, you know, our information being out there in so many different capacities, I'm sure it was probably a little bit of a tough time for that person. Yeah, that's a very empathetic response. Yeah, I mean, I can sort of relate to this person in a way because me and my wife must have bought something online. Now we get like so many catalogs in the mail. Yeah, so many. But it's not, you know, sometimes it's kind of annoying, but it's like, I don't know, you just take it, you throw it in the recycle bin. You know, it doesn't bother me enough to like write a letter or really get say I'm never going to order something from a catalog again or something or buy something online, right? For me, it's like the second you vote for any election, whether it's on a larger scale or local. I mean, the sheer mass of emails that I have had to unsubscribe to that I'm still getting anyway. And therein lies my complaint about the whole thing, (laughs) which is that's really the important thing, right? Isn't it? But this is what I would like to complain about today is that I've unsubscribed to this one particular email countless times. Yes. And they are still distributing it to me. How is that legal? Yeah. You know, I don't think it is legal for them to not give you the option of unsubscribing, but there are also some that try to make it as hard as difficult as they possibly can. They get real sneaky with it. Yeah. I get a lot of political texts too that are like so shocking when you first open them because they're like, does Vanessa hate the country? Alert, alert. I'm like, oh God, no, <laughs> oh my God. I don't. I don't hate the country. Threat level D all of a sudden and we're, you know. But I will say, you know, 2011, this person probably emailed in their complaint. And how do they know that the plane dealer isn't the one that's passing along their info, the calls coming from inside the house kind of a way? Wow. Interesting. Interesting theory. Well, I would call this an unnecessary groan, but I understand this person feeling like, they don't like their information being shared. But I also think their solution to not give to charity (laughs) is not the correct one. And there's also other ways to give. Like you could, I just. Yeah. And I think what's so interesting to me more than anything else is the fact that they actually admitted that in writing. (laughs) Exactly. Like in print. Like it's one thing to say that to your friend, like, oh man, this is such bullshit. I'm not going to, I'm not going to give to charity anymore if this is going to happen. It's another thing to me like, hey, I mean, they didn't put their name on it or even where they live. And now we know why. Or even their city. Right. Yeah. 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 I like how formal it is to like, so I regret we will not make any more donations to any charitable organization. Do you regret it? Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. If you regret it so much. So Jenna, aside from so many incredible commercials that we're going to look up as soon as this podcast is over, where can people find you? I mean, I'm on, you know, all the social media, although I'm much better about getting on Instagram than I am on anything else, but I've actually been spending a lot of my time writing. So I'm currently working on, I just finished writing a short film and it's part of a trilogy called the Cassandra Project. And it's like a trilogy of narrative short films and each features a woman of a different age from a different background. And they all have in common that their voices were discounted due to gender disparity. And so, yeah, it's really cool. So, and it's, you know, three different writers are writing the film and I got to be one of them and I'm really excited about it. So we're hoping to home make the film at the beginning of the year and the fundraising campaign for it comes out in like 13 days, I think. So 
I'm really excited for that to come out. It's incredible. We can promote the fundraising name of it too. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, it's the Cassandra Project, but I can send you the link. Great. That's so great. And Jenna, we are just so thrilled that you are here today. And I'm sure we'll have to have you back to talk more. And just, I hope I get to see you soon. Me too. If you come to Nashville, you have to let me know. Yeah, we have to reconvene. Yes. A hundred percent. Grab a cocktail or something. Yes, totally. Well, thank you so much to Jenna for joining us and to anyone who listened and please subscribe and rate us and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird? Where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like hair crimping. Thank you so much, Jenna. Thanks, Jenna. (laughs) Thank you. Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.